shady. This is totally shady. It's beyond shady. It's surreal. So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Good day, everyone. Welcome to So, What Is It? A Red Dwarf podcast and here i am matthew with old shady crypto fascist matty in the corner over there uh, dan with his swiftian like rapier wit and all its subtlety and old iron balls himself matt good day to you all <laughs> nice opener nice opener I don't now, think I'm going to use that nickname, but thanks anyway. <laughs> now, we're here to discuss determinism and the nature of free will. I hope you're all up for it. <laughs> Indeed. So, Oedipus, uh, Matty, uh, thoughts? Okay, now I'm Sorry. confused by that one. All right, not, let's, not let's, back, let's backtrack a little bit. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, let's not talk about Oedipus um, and free will and causation too much. Not until uh, Philosophy Corner later in the episode. Matty, how did you enjoy the episode? <laughs> well, apart from the surprising lack of Hitler, um, this was by far the best episode of Red Wart Dwarf yet. Oh, wow. he's, he's, uh, he swings around like a roundabout, doesn't he? This, 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 uh, this, chap. Ep- this episode was brilliant. This oh, was genuinely go. brilliant. I watched it twice. <laughs> what, this afternoon? Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Excellent. Well, I'm very pleased to hear it. Matt, how'd you get on? Well, you said a little while ago, uh, in your usual tempting fate way of, you know, there's no bad episodes now for quite a while. Correct. And I have to say, so far, you've been pretty um, on the money. Um, The pattern for the last two series, and this one, obviously, episode five has been somewhat of a highlight in in the series. And this one did not disappoint. There were so many quotable lines mm. from this. I felt that it, um, I was kind of a bit exhausted afterwards, to be honest. Yeah, it was just so like nothing else. It was just it was it was pretty epic, to be honest. Oh, excellent! Yeah. We, watched, we did watch the same episode. This time slides we're talking about. What, did you hate it then, did you? No, I don't. I love it. I okay, love it. I was I worried just, now that I Matt... Was sharp. I was just double-checking. I was just, just double-checking. I was just no, expecting that. As I was watching it, I was, I was reminding myself again how different Red Dwarf is from anything else and yeah. what pleasure it, pleasure it is to watch. Dan, I, I'm going to assume you're in agreement. Yeah. So you don't need to speak. Time. I've assumed it. So uh, yeah. on we go. Right. Carry on. <laughs> no, go on, Dan. What, no, <laughs> what I, did you I, have to say? This was a this was a belter of an episode. Really, really good. I mean, I if, if the I love the enthusiasm from uh, from 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 the colleagues, but uh, I mean, is it as good as Quee? Still, probably my favourite episode of Red Dwarf so far. But this is this is top three. This is very very good Red Dwarfing. Yay! Well, it def- definitely top three of this series. Well, <laughs> Cynical Which is good Matt. because it has been very good, hasn't it? So, oh, let's 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 uh, let's take a a bit of a dive into it then. As it was so amazingly quotable, Matt, you can give us your 
number one quote from the episode, can't you? <laughs> I don't know which one I wanted to say. However, I will say when <laughs> Lister was with Hitler, ignore him. He's only got one testicle. That, <laughs> was, that, was, that was brilliant. There's so many, there's so many. So you just right, have to and come we'll back get around them. We'll be talking a lot about this one, I'm sure. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Matty, go on then, hit us with one. I've got two, though. I have to have one, because I've got two which I wrote down, which I couldn't decide on. What do you, what do you think, guys, as he was so positive in the opening of this I episode? Think we've got to let him. Say to? We've got to let him. Go on in, go on so, in. I'm, wa- I'm, wave- I'm wavering. Go on, then. <laughs> so, one was right towards the end, and it was... Crichton, unpack Rachel and get the puncture repair kit. Crichton, unpack Rachel and get out the puncture repair kit. Of course, brilliant. Classic moment, definitely. And the other one, it's my duty, my duty as a complete and utter bastard. A philosophy I have tried to maintain over the years. (laughs) (laughs) You've done very well. And just, and succeeding. (laughs) Yeah, nailed it, mate. Well done. Daniel, what about you? Do you know what? The line that made me laugh out loud the hardest was uh, Rimmer trying to explain to young Rimmer how what he needs to do to get incredibly rich and patent the tension sheet. Right, first thing tomorrow, you've got to go down to the, pen- to the patent office and get this registered. I can't go tomorrow morning. I've got extra rugby practice because I'm so wet. And I just, <laughs> oh, God, I love that line. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for the um, the other young moment then. You don't make it because you're crap. Which is quite hey, an admission, isn't it, from Dave Lister to say that he is crap. But that, that's a bit of a turnaround in the character, isn't it, really? There was it an is. interesting bit, the, 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 which uh, several of the characters, I think, ran uh, at times a little bit counter to how we've how we've come to know them. But it absolutely worked in this episode. Really, really did. Yeah. Is it a, a development rather than counter to how we know them because may- maybe um obviously we saw lister in episode two of this series playing his guitar you know he did sort of say he wasn't perfect on the guitar but then he proceeded to play it really badly and but then he's admitting he is crap to his younger self is he developing i think it probably is that it's depth to the character actually and there was a there was a greater good to be served by convincing his younger self that the om song was never going to make them millionaires um, where this will. So the imperative there was, I don't want to um, live three million years in the future with these three smegheads. I want to be, you know, I want to be rich at a young age. Don't forget, though, Rimmer said that the Om song was a masterpiece. Tilly, I just can't get it out of my head. It's so catchy. Om. <laughs> Keep writing those hits, kid. <laughs> well, again, I think he was motivated slightly, uh, slightly cynically as well. Yes, I'm not sure he's being entirely honest there. So catchy. <laughs> Anybody got anything that they didn't like about this particular episode? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> of I course do. he does. I have. Go on, um, you go first for once. Go on. Yes, yes, thank thank you for asking. Well, my biggest problem now with the whole series is Holly. I'm feeling the loss of Holly quite yeah. badly. Now, it's probably a decision they've taken as writers, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before with the introduction of Crichton. There's now an extra person to give lines to. But she had one funny line in this, really. And when she speaks, I love the I love her voice and her mannerism and the way she does it. But she's not doing anything, really. She's explaining a couple of things. 
Um, and she only got a funny line once they all disappeared, didn't she? Really, the, the line I'm referring to is when you know when you're talking about um, he died making love to his wife, 98 years old. Any photographs? Not of that. No. And her eyes, deal. her eyes. I've noted on Holly's eyes when she said that line. It was she was so. It was hilarious. Yeah, she's, she's so really wild, good. She's so wildly underused in this particular episode, yeah. and and, and we're, most this is episode of the series. five now. Yeah, and we can, and I'm not sure we can count that many funny lines um, no. over the series, really. So, so that's sort of a disappointment. I sort of, I get it. I understand it's not necessarily totally to the detriment of any individual episode, but yet after us loving Holly so much, Holly the character does feel a little abandoned. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I know. I know what I mean. It definitely, and that's it's nobody's fault other than the writers, unfortunately. It's yeah, a... I mean, whether it's whether it's a fault or whether it's a decision to move away from it because they felt exhausted right. with it, and they, you know, and you know, we talked about Crichton. Matty, how how are you feeling? I mean, I've watched these for years, <laughs> and I've, I, I, funny enough, I've never really noticed the the massive difference between the series before. Maybe that means there's more stuff coming up where she comes back into it a bit more, which is why I never thought. Uh, Hang on, she's missing. But um, so far, you've seen it in in order. Yeah. How do you feel about this series? Have you have you missed it like I have, or have you just accepted it? Oh yeah, no, I've completely missed it. it I think it's a very. There's one thing that's very obvious. It's one of those moments where I think, yeah, it, it was good and it was funny. I just think the other Holly would have done it better. As much as I hate to say it, it's one of those where I will see a scene and I'll go, oh, it, it was good. But it would have been even funnier if it was the original Holly for me. So there's a, back... a mixture of not being there and not even being Norman Lovett, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Norman Lovett was very funny. He had the very a very good dry sense of humour. I think it's very good. And don't get me wrong, the current one is still very good. I just don't think she compares to Norman Lovett. Yeah, but she's not getting the lines either. That's the thing. No. She the chance to do it. So, she, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to compare to Norman Lovett full stop. That's what I'll say. But she's not, she's not getting the great lines. If she, if, if she did have those lines, if she did have the lines, do you think it would be as good or it would be as funny? Or do you think you would still go, it would have been better with Norman Lovett? I'm going to say it would be different. I don't think anyone's like Norman Lovett because he's funny in his own right. And so hopefully if she had great lines, she would be funny in her own right, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I suppose um, so. it's it's hard it's hard to do. Yeah, you can make a preference, and probably we all love Norman Love it. There you go. But yeah, she needs the lines to even sort of uh, say before we can sort of say, oh, she's not good as good in that sense. Yeah, I've said before that I, I'm I was a bit of a part time watcher, and I remember this Holly quite fondly. So I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be similar to with Norman Love it. The character really developed and really sort of felt like. Norman Lovitz, Holly came into his own in the second series. I'm hoping that from future episodes, we will get more of ha- more quality Hattie Hayridge. Well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Dan, have you got anything to add to this? We've talked I, about I it without you. would echo a few things that have been said. I think fundamentally she's, you know, she's not getting the service in terms of the scripts in quite the same way. I think that in, in some episodes, this perhaps wasn't the greatest, although the, well, not that, no was a great line and very well delivered and I think when she's been given some stuff to do I think broadly speaking I think she's done she's done well yes it's different there have been one or two I think I highlighted a line in the last episode or so that I could just perfectly hear Norman Lovett saying in my head but Mm. I thought think she did very well I think that for me the difference is is in terms of uh you know yeah that service in terms of the script but 
she is not just a new face on the old Holly because, you know, she is serving a slightly different function. Now, in that first episode where where we really saw Crichton and he was sort of cutting across and explaining things, almost stealing her thunder, whereas now, you know, she's the one, you know, can, can you imagine Norman Lovett's Holly asking them about causality, determinism? I, I can't. Yeah. I, I, I so I like that about her. There's something more. As a computer, she's actually a source of information, as opposed to I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh yeah, meteorite's about to hit the ship. So it's different, and that changes the dynamic. And it's very difficult to nail how much of that is uh, a new actor playing a part and a different sort of service in terms of script, and and how much of that is. Um, is actually the character has changed as well. Time. Let, let, let's see how we go. So far, yeah. I agree. The, I think the they haven't given space for it at the end of the yeah. day because of, well, not just Crichton, but for this episode, for example. And this episode was great, as we all agreed. So her not being there is not a detriment to the episode being great. It's just a, a sort of sense of yeah. overall she's not there or he's not there. Mm. Um, yeah. but, but but then we look at the beginning and and have great sections with the cat at the beginning playing the golf yes 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 ah! and all that <laughs> stuff there and juna angler and all, all this malarkey and all, you know and that's a great scene with, yeah. with lister and the cat and you don't need holly at all obviously there and uh so there's other great stuff going on i mean the cat for me really 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 now this episode was we said it a lot in the second series He's just part of the crew. He joins in equally with everything. They go into the photographs. He's going with them. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's just there, just getting on with it. And he's not questioning things in the same way. But that, that sparked off a long conversation. Um, Matt, did you have anything you thought didn't work then? Yes. Um, it's time for Matt's confession of the week. <laughs> where, where I it's say like something that's going to make me sound really, really stupid. Old iron balls. Okay. So they, um, I loved the going back into the photos. I just thought that was really clever when he sort of like trips into the into the photo. Yeah. And obviously it's it's blue screen, and he was just sort of, he sort of like tripped under or behind a sort of projector. But it was just really good, and the way he came out of that photo, the, the which would be the one for Rimmer's brother's wedding, thought that was brilliant. But when they go into the one of Lister's past after they've decided to try and persuade his old past to invent the uh, the tension sheets. Lister's younger self, okay? He introduces his band. Age 17 is my first band, Smeg and the Heads. Smeg and the Heads, yeah, which was funny. And Sham Glam, which I thought was quite amusing. Yeah. However, he, I, I, I was like, well, it's not Craig Charles. It's somebody else, and he's not Scouse. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did you, and... did you guys notice that? <laughs> he's not scouse and he's very very camp and i thought this is like not this isn't lister and was very underwhelmed and then when he they he goes to talk to the guys and then he's starting to do what it sounded to me like was the worst liverpudlian accent ever <laughs> he says totally shady at one point and sounded like silla like, totally shady. <laughs> I, I swear, I was like, I mean, it's Scylla. And it was only after I looked up, the guy is actually Craig Charles' brother. 
in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, you can't even do a convincing Liverpoolian accent and you're from Liverpool. Yes, it's noticeable. And you do sit there thinking a little bit. Uh, I mean, Liz is only in his early 20s and this is like six or seven years ago and they're nothing alike, really. Mm-hmm. But hand wave it and get on with it. That's, that's how That was my approach. I drew, I drew a line under it. I did like him talking about cri- crypto-fascist bourgeois crap. But then when Kat said, that guy's an idiot, and Lister says, well, that's me. And Kat says, exactly. And I thought, yeah, like that. So that scene, uh, because of that, that was said at the end, that scene was a win. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny <laughs> scene. I don't know how else they would have done it, really, uh, in those days. Nowadays, you'd probably get a bit more split-screen dressing up cgi stuff but mm. back then well they've had split screen um rimmer before yeah but it's a pain in the bum isn't it to do yeah. mm. also can i just say Both. how incredible it is when they ever seem to go into earth or back in time even though it's very far in the future it's remarkable how much it looks like 80s thatcher's britain <laughs> isn't it <laughs> you would have thought they'd make some type of effort though to like make it a bit futuristic but it literally looks like a working men's club from the time I don't know. We go back to what we said probably in the very first episode all, all those weeks ago, last year now. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's a sitcom set now, just happens to be in the future. That's what we always sort of said, isn't it, really? And, no. and they, they roll with that and because it's got to be relatable to to us. If, they, if they're going in there and it's not, then then that loses its funniness, doesn't it? Ah, yes. A meeting place where people attempt to achieve advanced states of mental incompetence by the repeated consumption of fermented vegetable drinks. It's very hard to make sci-fi. I don't know how much wiggle room there is between the sci-fi that they're portraying on the ship, which is, let's face it, not Star Trek, and and, and any point back in history... It, it would it, it would be like how how do you imply that this is further back in time? Now, of course, you can do that by by introducing and the exposition saying this is younger me, so therefore we've established that you've gone back in time. But yeah, I think it's just it's just one of those things, isn't it? And you know, the budget is we need to rent that room in the ho- in the uh, pub that we uh, possibly used for backwards again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. At one point, I thought it was the same one, but I think no, no you're right. They just they just got a line on on booking uh, pubs of a particular ilk. Yeah, but now you said somewhere. that that was um that was something I wanted to bring up. That was um the joke's funny, but you know, Crichton does is what is this place? Oh, it's a pub. Oh yeah, it's a pub. You know, consuming fermented vegetable drinks. But it was only a few episodes he was in a pub performing. <laughs> you know, bl- continuity again. Oh, I don't in know. backwards, yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> Just Maybe they're showing him backwards and that's why he's never been to a pub before. Right, so I've said my holly piece. Um, Matt said his uh, crypto-fascist bullshit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bourgeois bullshit. Anyone anyone got anything else they want to highlight as a... Didn't quite work from this time. Great episode, though, it was. Ruby Wax as uh, Blaze Falkenberger. I mean, I, I... I find Ruby Wax quite irritating anyway, so this probably didn't help. Um, the, the intro was fine, but then she kept going on and on and on, and I reckon you've probably done that in about 10 seconds and then cut to something else. Um, she just kept going on. It was like, oh, we booked Ruby Wax. Oh, give her a minute's worth of stuff. And Don't. I'm going to be, I'm going to be total, total um, contrary to you there because this is the most I've ever enjoyed that bit, I, I think. 
and I, I actually sat and wrote a note and sort of said, oh, I must have not enjoyed it so much when I was younger, but I find it really funny now. <laughs> well, um, I put Blaze Falkenberger, lol, next to it. And the <laughs> fact that we're all talking about this brings me to a fact of the week. Because Ruby Wack was not originally um, hired to play that role. That was a last-minute change. Um, would anyone like to guess who the original presenter was going to be that changed at the Cat, very last Cat minute? Cat Dealey. Oh, no, a bit before that time. <laughs> I'd have enjoyed it. It was... Lloyd Grossman? It was Graham Chapman from Monty Python was due to be the presenter. However, but then he, he died. died, I short, died. He died shortly before recording... Um, so director Ed Bai cast his wife Ruby Wax instead. So it originally was going to be Graham Chapman. Um, so we've got the director the... puts his wife in it, and uh, Craig Charles puts his brother in it. This is this is outright nepotism. Well, okay, I've made <laughs> to be a fair. Note. To be fair, though, we need someone to play someone in your family card. Um, <laughs> the brother's got a good chance. So I think. Honest, I mean, Chris Barry played his own. Chris Barry played his brother in the wedding photograph. This is better casting than, oh, we accidentally let Kachansky go home. Here, put a hat on and don't look up. So don't get me wrong, you know, this is an improvement. Um, there were, I have a note at the end of that scene. I did like the thing um, about them, uh, uh, Ruby Wax was talking about the move the house half a mile down the road to get away from the neighbours. The drive is made of from the ground down book palace. But... <laughs> Um, and the fact that it was called Xanadu, I thought Matthew would be quite pleased about that. Wrong but, um, Xanadu, but yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Yes, yeah, Dave D. Dozy, Beaky, Mick and Titch, you know, yeah. I will give Ruby Wax, well, she didn't write the script, I guess, but I, I did enjoy the line, this guy has a wad so thick you could use it to beat whales to death. I thought <laughs> that was, I, I, I enjoyed that joke. I enjoyed that line. But yeah, broadly speaking, too much Ruby Wax, I'm afraid. Sorry, Ed. Bye. Did anyone notice the line that was not in particularly good taste? The Kennedy one. Yes. We could go to Dallas in November 1963, stand on the grassy knoll and shout, Duck! They did point it out, it wasn't in good taste. Yeah. Is it, is yes. it funny because they pointed it out? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I must have bypassed my good taste chip. So, yes, I suppose it is forgiven, but I was I, I watched it kind of went, Ooh. Too soon. It's 1963. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, it would have been at that point. But, I mean, talking of... of the timing things that the dated joke really which i didn't get when i was younger and i've still never seen the film it's the ishtar joke about dustin hoffman so that that was a recent flop wasn't it for dustin hoffman um i've still never seen ishtar but i, I guess this one persuaded me never to watch it <laughs> <laughs> it feels like there could have been a funnier line there now but maybe that was just uh where I was coming from at the time and the, the way it's possibly dated a little bit. So the next weird thing, what do you think about this? What, why have they got a photograph of all the boys sleeping in their bedroom for Rimmer's... I wonder. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fact it was a quite useful plot device, I did, I did wonder, but then again, Rimmer went to a weird school. Maybe that kind of thing happened. Yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't delve too deeply into that. Quite why Rimmer's got it in his collection of photographs. Here's a photograph that my teacher, who's now in prison, took. And for some reason, all the lads were given a copy. School photo, question mark, question mark, question mark, um, on my notes. So, yes, it was a bit bizarre. Sorry, Matt, what you were saying? No, no, I, I, I wonder why they chose that. I mean, they could have chosen many a situation of a photograph of 
boys. Okay, he gets to speak to him alone easily and quickly, although Thicky Holden does, of course, wake up. Um, well, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to sort of move on to the. We've had some pretty crazy sci-fi ideas along the way. Now, is this the the most ludicrous? Um, when you one of my favourites, I loved it. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's great. That's what I mean. Oh, let, let's do a sci-fi idea where we can develop photographs, go back and change time, but only in that space. <laughs> it's sort well, of like how, I mean, how is that even? You know, with with the stasis leak, at least they were going through a stasis leak. In like a rift in time to go back and this is like they're going back in time through a photograph i mean it's mad well, this was like holly's like one bit at the start it's like she literally popped up and went oh the developing fluid has, mu- has mutated and then like there you go. Cut away from holly <laughs> yeah yes it was like oh hi holly hi you know and um rewinding slightly to the bit where Crichton is developing the photos with that very 80s sounding song which to me sounded like we close our eyes by go west it was I quite huey lewis i thought as well I didn't. I wasn't overly best pleased with him taking out his eyeballs and then w- wiping them on himself <laughs> and popping them back <laughs> in again. That was rather gross. That made me laugh. Oh no, it was, it was funny. That was funny. I'm not sure his sort of um, double take a gog look is, is the greatest thing ever in going. But hey, it made a point. <laughs> the kind of thing in the in the opening titles with um, Hitler playing himself. It turns out to be just that one particular scene. I was admittedly expecting. A bit more. Someone, yeah, a bit more of Hitler. So it was kind of like, oh. Um, it's just not the same was, without Hitler. It, it was funny. I did like Hitler's briefcase with um, the oh, fluffy handcuffs. Briefcase, brilliant. <laughs> banana, banana and crisp sandwich and translating the diary with stop milk, buy papers and invade Czechoslovakia. That, I thought, was hilarious. <laughs> He was leader of the runners-up in World War II. I covered the photograph in one of your magazines. Which magazine? Yeah, Fascist Dictator Monthly. He was Mr. October. Oh, talking of the sandwich, I love the way uh, Rimmer eats that sandwich at the end. <laughs> <laughs> However, fact though, the um, von Stauffenberg bit's actually true. It is. It on wasn't the... at that rally, though. It was, at the, uh, it, was at, the... um, it was in the forest. Yeah, on the 20th of July, 1944, apparently. That's when he tried it. Try mm-hmm. to kill him with a with a bomb. There we go. I think our listeners can go away happy now. I'm well with, informed with, with um, the historical nuggets we are getting. <laughs> Come for Red Dwarf. Stay for the philosophy <laughs> and the history. I, I don't think we've been enough into free will and determinism, but you know, maybe we can do a bonus episode. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go go over to you, Dan. Reminds us of our philosophy lessons from A levels past. Yeah, not that I remember learning that. In my, like, I don't really. remember very much of them. I don't remember paying a tremendous amount of attention. If I'm I, totally I seem honest. to remember learning about Oedipus complex in, in those lessons, but um, but I didn't really link it to anything much. <laughs> well, that's because uh, we weren't taught through the medium of um, Red Dwarf. It's a piece of crypto fascist bourgeois crap. And uh, we now know not to call bubble wrap. Uh, bubble wrap we have to call it packing paper packing paper packing, packing paper <laughs> i did actually look up the um the trademark of it and obviously it's trademarked to a company of sealed air it was invented by a gentleman named thicky holden tension sheets tension t- pension sheet tension sheet could you attempt to patent it now i'm sure somebody's already tried on the basis I think that, that boat you know, sailed. <laughs> but if you did try and patent it now, would you still marry Sabrina Mulholland to Jones? Now, Zoo Stark, 
She she was famous for five minutes, wasn't she? What did she do? I heard the name and not because I watched the credits. No, not it. Zoo Stark. Coo Stark. Coo Stark. Yes. Stark. Because she was she went out with Prince Andrew and she want and they were wanted he wanted to marry her and because she had done some sort of low budget horn type picture, it wasn't deemed to be advisable. Well, she's, she's come out smelling better than he has. So Sabrina Mulholland Jones. Not not. That, not that was a good line, though, wasn't it? That was a good line. He perched upon his clay pigeon launcher and <laughs> shouted, pull. You know, th- this um, episode surprisingly struck uh, a chord, really, because of we are still in lockdown number three during the pandemic. And it re- Lister's speech really felt appropriate to me. Anyway, I'm mm. sick of it. I'm sick of it. That, uh-huh. you know, that and, was uh, very fitting. Not fortunately, because I'd rather not be in this lockdown, but. But yeah, it did sort of come at a time where we could really appreciate what he was going through, I think. Mm. You're unhappy, aren't you? <laughs> I thought that was delivered so beautifully. It really it was. Beautiful timing. Very mm. well learned. And that was just a wonderful, very little example. Geez, Chris Barry's a good actor. He really is. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But I mean, again, let's return to the Craig Charles thing. I mean, you know, we used to say how uncomfortable he was or the fact that he wasn't comfortable rather than uncomfortable, I suppose. But, but he, he's great as well. Now he's yeah. the line count he gets is brilliant of funny stuff. He delivers it. Well, I think he does a great job. I think he's really, really, really good now. It's certainly improved this, the level of sincerity that he has when he delivers his line, especially that is brilliant. Even though I don't know how he could hate stretching tights and playing Jurex volleyball. Cause that sounded like fun. And so did Unicycle Polo. I've actually written Sounds Fun next to it. Two grown men on unicycles belting a beach ball up and down a corridor with French loaves. If I could ride um, a unicycle, I'd be well up for that. I want to meet girls. I want to make love. Well, Junior Angler is the best you're going to get out of me, buddy. The urinating champagne statue. Um, <laughs> no. I actually thought, it, obviously it was a special effect, but I thought that was really well done. You know, it's bad, really. Yeah. And I did have a childhood flashback moment. Um, his, um, I don't want to say butler because he seemed to not really like a butler, his sort of assistant, Gilbert. I just want to go on to the butler, yeah, go on. Robert Addy, and I was from Robin of Sherwood. I knew I recognised him from somewhere. He was, he was, he was Guy of Gisborne from from Robin of Sherwood. Oh, we love Guy of Gisborne. Loved Yes. Gisborne. Not that he did a bad job here, but I thought it was a weird bit of casting for, for a, a butler looking down his nose when he had to tie his hair back in a ponytail. There you go. There's mm-hmm. your nod to the future. Indeed. Butlers look like that. <laughs> he, he did have one of. He did have a rather excellent line, which you have already trailed, Matt. So I'll I'll let you deliver it. I'm only just recovering from the hilarity of the gag myself. <laughs> Almost Swiftian in its rapier-like subtlety. Yes, very much. <laughs> Anybody asked him that a sausage and onion gravy sandwich actually sounded quite nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I would eat that. Well, and the banana and crisps, to be quite honest with you. Well, you not know. banana and crisps, and... I don't stand that one. Okay, so, I mean, I think um, I'm approaching the end of, of stuff I, I wanted to talk about in this episode, because we got to the point where we're just sort of giggling about bits and pieces, really. Um, Fascist Dictator Monthly, I'd just like to <laughs> give a shout-out for. Um, I, <laughs> Mr. I'm October. Sure we, we keep on nailing putting pins in things we've got to watch out for we've got curry watch and we've got we've got bonehead and meg stuff and i'm sure magazines come up again as well so we're trying to keep an eye out 
for some of those. Yeah. But so apart from the cat line, you're not following through. That's your problem. Um, that, that's my last one. I really want to <laughs> highlight from my point of view. Apart from hat hat hat. Um, Dan, you got anything else you want to say before we sort of hurtle towards the end of this episode? I... I particularly enjoyed with Rimmer attempting to appeal to Lister, who, of course, at this point has no earthly clue who Rimmer is. And he gives him this whole speech about how where and he, and he builds up with and and I look at the two of us and and who's the richer. And it's like, it's you, isn't it? I should have thought that through a bit more, shouldn't I? And then leaves. I, <laughs> Very good. Enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good. Also, Actually, anything else you want to, to bring to the fore? Yeah, definitely. Also, um, I say it's my favourite episode yet. It's definitely my favourite ending yet. With Rimmer, no longer a hologram. Back to it. I can touch everything. Oh, I'm, alive, I'm alive. I'm alive. We didn't even mention it, did we? No, I was waiting for someone to mention that. The fact that he just blows out the air. I thought that was... Because genuinely, I thought for a minute... Um, I thought, oh, okay, that's quite a clever idea. Okay, cool. So now he's no longer a hologram. Now he's alive. <laughs> and then that was just a big joke. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. But that was that was so well done. I didn't see that coming. I genuinely didn't see that I coming. Ha- what actually exploded? What, what was Two it? Two crates worth of explosives, basically. Pretty I much. Mean, oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think, and I've often thought about this one, Usually they would seed something into it, and they could have done something like that with Hitler's bomb, couldn't they? Really, I mean, they would have missed the joke of kicking the bomb back into the photograph, but there was a bomb there for the for the use. So really, they could have used that in in this turnaround, I think. So yeah, yeah. if I'm being being critical now, they could have done something better with that explosion. Funny as it was, Matt, it, it does still work, mm. but it does come out of the blue, which is fine. But they had an explosive there in the plot yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah there's a yeah, they, what, yeah, what they, yeah what they could have done at the very very end is go through um hitler's briefcase at the very end maybe they thought and about then, it and just thought it was a bit of a hassle to work it into it who knows yeah who knows yeah. but um but, it was a good but yeah no that, yeah we hadn't talked about that of course um the tragedy of rimmer again and he has that whole speech about you know it all blows up in my face and then does quite and literally. that's the Butio golf game that um um Cat was playing at the start. That really looked like fun. It was. It know. was very Sabutio. I don't know if Sabutio did Sabutio. a golf range. He had Sabutio. There was a cricket version, of course. Test I've got a cricket version, um, and I've got Sabutio. I don't have a golf version. If it's available, yeah, I'll, uh, I don't but think it, golf would work. I'll get on well. eBay. Well, the fishing. Okay. Junior Angler. <laughs> I remember Junior Angler. Rimsy Arnie Rimmer, Arnie Old Iron Balls. So, but but yes, it, it is a more of a continuation of of poor old Rimmer's tragic life when he actually gets his knife back and then blows up. I was sympathetic for him this week, whereas in other weeks when he gets his come up and some like good, whereas this was he did he finally had he finally had a uh, a, a, a a glimpse of a shadow of happiness. He did get the early Lister saying. What a nice guy, <laughs> which I thought was a cool <laughs> little line. Yeah. Just slipped in there. So are we are we done? Are we done, gentlemen? I, I think yeah, um, I think Rebecca enjoyed this one as well this week. She thought it was a very funny one, so that's all good. So I think oh I don't know if we quite got to she's a fan of Red Dwarf stage, but you know, Is it a work in progress? Is is she is she getting there? We're definitely <laughs> we're definitely <laughs> she's behind me. She's that's definitely all. um Further on than we were a year ago. 
Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening to our witterings on today. And thank you, um, everyone, for being here and wittering. Most enjoyable. And hopefully next week we'll have a few laughs as well. So with that, we'll say our our goodbyes, if we may. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Cheerio, everyone. You heard the Om song. It's a masterpiece. (laughs) See? songs I ever wrote. It was called Om. Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?